Hello, welcome to Coding Rehab, uh, episode 17. Today, uh, we wanted to focus on the pipeline. How are you doing, Amir? I'm doing okay. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. See, I can tell that you weren't um, born in the same community as me because you're not allowed to say I'm doing okay if you're from Arizona. You always have to be doing great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that is. I didn't know. What about spectacular? <laughs> I spent some time. Spectacular is okay, but not too much, or else everyone thinks you're crazy. Um, <laughs> I spent some time in Germany, and I remember at f- first I was uh, kind of put not put off, but uh, confused. I'd say, "How are you doing?" And they'd say, "I'm not doing that good. It's horrible." And I was like, "Why are they saying that?" <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to answer that. Well, I asked him, so yeah. Now I know. Anyways. Well, um, uh, aside from that important uh, tangent, uh, I think uh, we kind of wanted to focus on the pipeline. And I think that means two different things uh, in, in the software development world, or it means many different things in the software uh, world. But yeah. one, it just is uh, you know, a representation of your process. And uh, when we say think about the pipeline, uh, we mean it. And we mean that you should start to think about it on day one. That's right. And, uh, I could uh, break it up into two kind of fundamental different areas. One is the development pipeline and the other is your uh, cycle or your process pipeline for completing things. So um, the development pipeline, meaning how does your code start from an idea, move to uh, a development effort? How does that move from a development effort to a code review and how does that code review move into different stages of testing or different branches? And so if thinking about that from day one should heavily influence how you develop, how you split up your work and how you work with each other. Yeah. Um, the process pipeline or the uh, development effort pipeline would be more about how do I get a request for a feature? Where does that come from? How do I handle that? Um how do I assign that to somebody? How does that person tell me it's done or uh, they want me to look at it? And what does that look like? Yeah, how tests are run and how do we handle errors? How do we know, uh, I don't know if we, we deployed or not and if it's mm-hmm. healthy, all, all that stuff. And, you know, one of our, one of our mantras is um, develop from end to end uh, with your pipeline from day one. Yep. And why do you why do you think that that is important? I, I think that uh, on day one, and, and this is a, an, an idea that in many cases is uh, kind of pushed back, and the idea of deployment and the environment and what you need, it says, oh, we'll do that later. Right. And uh, the, the symptom that comes with that is is that every project starts usually in a state of uh, idyllic, you know, uh, slack and happiness, and there's time for everything, mm-hmm. and that that gets shorter and shorter in time until the day that that you have to release. And that day, it's impossible to focus on deployment, and unless deployment means copying the code and giving give it to you. <laughs> in a USB key, every other kind of deployment, finding the server, finding you have access, maybe uh, you need a third team to deploy for you, 
finding all that out when when you really need to release is a super high level uh stressful moment and right. it usually ends up bad by you missing yes. the, the actual day so if you do it on day one the, the benefits are multiple first you'll find out everything you need and you can start triggering long uh, authorizations or uh trying to find your your manager to approve them. Sometimes it goes upper and higher than that. And uh, is the, your manager's managers up the chain and everybody has to approve. Sometimes you realize that, that you can deploy there. So defining all that and trying to do as little bit of code to prove that that works is invaluable and will give you a peace of mind throughout the, the whole project. Right. So um, if you work with people who are work with partners who maybe don't adhere to your process uh, as much, and at times they may like uh, buckle under pressure from an emergency and ask you to get something done quickly. Like I, I hear this often, you know, we, we kind of uh, prop up this idea of a rock star developer. Yeah. Um, and we always want to incentivize that person. Um, to me, I think at this stage in my career, and maybe in the beginning I felt differently, but I've come to see that as a negative thing. And when people uh, maybe give me signs that they're that type of develop developer, I, in a way, put up a protective, <laughs> uh, um, protective kind of discussion. I, I, I approach the discussion a little more carefully because I know that we are not talking about the same things. That's right. Um, Examples being, you know, like I can get this done right away or why can't you do this tomorrow? You know, why is it so hard when we kind of project timelines? Um, you know, we're, we're not we're not projecting strictly the development effort. We're projecting the testing effort, the uh, feedback effort, the uh, the process to get it to a state where we are comfortable having a uh, stakeholder look at it. Correct. And, 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 and I think that we... When somebody asks you, well, why can't you do it tomorrow? And I, uh, and I think that the, the, the perfect uh, answer in a perfect world is because my job is to uh, develop quality. Right. It, it's not just to write code. It's not just to write a SQL query. It's to develop quality. And we're ensuring quality here. I'm, right. I'm not going to consent to do things with less quality. We're not in a coffee shop that you say, I want my coffee without whipped cream, and that's fine. Right. Right. And we're in the business of building quality software and make sure that things work. If you want less things to work, it will go faster. Right. Something has to be shaved, but uh, I'm not going to just surrender quality as a, my first step into the negotiation, right? Right. And I think it's a, you know, a leadership's responsibility to map your pipeline with physical constraints, exactly like what you're saying. Something needs to be shaved. And, you know, when I, I back in the day when we were doing uh, school, you know, we talked a lot about Little's Law. And I think Little's Law is a great way to demonstrate that things are in a queue or in a process have a physics-based constraint. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it does apply directly to the development process, but more it's, it's a way of, of letting you be sure that there are constraints to get from idea to production. And when people ask you, you know, if you ever have a pressure from, uh, uh, you know, your customers or your stakeholders, it is truly your responsibility when they're asking you to sideline those, um, that process to bring up the things that they are asking you to bypass and at least make them aware of what they're really requesting. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And, and this is the, the part where, where the pipeline is more about uh, negotiating with people and right. providing them alternatives to what they want. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, I want uh, all this for tomorrow. And you say, well, it can happen for tomorrow, but it can happen in two weeks. Many times the answer is okay. Right. Because you just said, here's what our pipeline, here's how many things, and it's two weeks, okay. And they say yes. And they may say no. And you say, okay, is anything here that you see in our pipeline that we shouldn't do now? That right. we can, uh, by, by understanding that we're going to take it out and it's going to restart, it, that that time that we invested is a waste. Right. It's completely gone. And many times they will say, yeah, let's sacrifice this, this, and that, and it works. And uh, many times is okay, what about we try to make it smaller from what you ask, what's the core that you need? And again, many times is yeah, I can do it smaller. And uh, it works. And I, and I think that showing a process, it's a, a great way to, to win uh, confidence from the other side and to get buy-in. Yeah. So uh, I actually don't know the answer to this. I'm trying to think about it in my mind, you know, as this most of our podcasts go, they're on-the-fly discussions. What, uh, what is an indication to you that you either have a developed or a programmer or a leader who doesn't think in this manner. So it's someone who maybe doesn't respect the pipeline. <laughs> totally. Um, and I'm, I'm, like, like you say, I'm not sure that there is one perfect right. answer, but um, for example, it's easy to spot, I think, in the development pipeline. Yes. Because uh, our development pipeline is... Uh, is tied to our Kanban board. And at the same time, we automate uh, how the things uh, go from face to face. So if if I see somebody that, for example, is keeping testing and uh, it will merge code always to master, I think that's an indication that... that that person doesn't value or doesn't understand maybe or doesn't agree with what we're doing. And also when you see um, that the amount of testing that you have, uh, no, no, not using coverage as a metric for uh, uh, to see how much have you covered, but as a metric to see that you're not going down. Right. So I think that coverage can help you to identify also that we're writing less tests than before, so you wanna know know why. And um, and then uh, um, in in terms of process, I, I I think it's harder. What do you think, Dave? 
yeah, I, I think, um, well, one way to identify would be uh, just anyone who treats new features as trivial, you know, oh, sure, I'll get it done right away, you know, yeah. <laughs> without much discussion, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe uh, uh, a leader who minimizes an effort, you know, why is this taking so long or whatever, you know, because usually if you have a pipeline, you can explain why. And then a, a team, I would say, just people, you know, a team who's not uh, properly investing in the future of development efforts. So, you know, if you're not thinking about, if you're not constantly thinking about how can we improve this process, then you're most likely sliding backwards, uh, like you mentioned earlier, and you're most likely uh, regressing, you know, a little bit. So, um, you know, I think... Uh, in the, on the tangible side, one thing that you and I both really believe in is automation and moving away from any sort of manual uh, approach to deployment. And, uh, there are always things that will be manual like code reviews, but you really need to be thinking about what, what are we leaving up for variability? And anytime there's a manual effort, there's a lot of variability there and a lot of bugs and stuff that slip in. So, um, I think the key there for code reviews is to make them small, very small. Totally. Try to minimize that variability that you mentioned and and say um, if, if a code review, if you change more than one or two files, then clearly the, what, what the feature you were working on uh, probably was too big. Right. And of course, unless uh, the files in that case didn't matter or whatever it is, but usually we, we try to uh, think in terms of, of testing to to see um, how big are features, right? And uh, it works very well for for us to to think in terms of acceptance and how we're going to test that, and it's almost instantaneous to identify that something is too big when you're going to spend more than this amount of time testing when you don't understand how the testing goes. So when the, Yeah, and the review is difficult, you know? Correct, and, and then it's going to translate into a very hard code review, mm-hmm. right? Because code review is not the acceptance part, but it's about looking at your code and looking at your style and maybe you have done things better because to check that it's working, you have tests already and you're going to have acceptance later too. So code review should be only about looking at the code and making suggestions, see if we, we can understand it or not. And when that is multiple files, like it's more than one or two days of work, it's very, very hard to do it. Yeah, and I, I think one or two days of work is probably uh, a better metric in terms of globally understandable because... You know, with Java, you have a lot of files that are unrelated to kind of the logic. It's just you got a lot of like object files and like scaffolding. So that might be hard to adhere to one, two, one or three files, you know, closure that's, that's super easy. But I, I think something that everyone can understand is one or two days effort should be the most that not the it should be an average of what you're spending yeah. you know, so before be, you hit it. Be a goal, right? Something that that you look for, right? Because that facilitates a code review, even a junior 
developer can kind of understand within an hour and give you good feedback on. Mm-hmm. Um, so h- how are, how do we uh, best use our pipeline to show the weight of decisions to, to um, say we get pressure from upper management saying, do this quickly. How do we use our pipeline to put some of the weight of that decision back in their hands? I, I I think that some of it we we mentioned before that if you have a transparent pipeline, right? Like we use a our Kanban board for that, mm-hmm. and we say here is our average five stories per per week, right? Um, if you have something close to five stories, there's a very good chance that we'll do it in a week, right? If you have something to twenty stories. Then we need to start negotiating if if, if this is uh, the, the, is okay a month or not or so I think that that exchange in in that uh, kind of thinking uh, goes with what we were also talking uh, in a previous uh, episodes about having a bed board and and showing how the projects are aligned right so. Uh, when you see everything and you uh, explain the rule that this is what we can do, this is our capacity, and you say it's your choice what to take out, yep. I, I think it's it's very uh, simple and natural to understand that in order to, to do something else, you need to remove something that you're working on. And, and I, I don't see why anybody will who say, okay, it's my responsibility, I take responsibility of this, and I understand, cancel what you're doing on here and start doing something else. And, and I think that you're empowering them to, to make those decisions because there's nothing hidden about it. Right, there's full context. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've actually been pretty amazed by the weight of just saying, don't do this, do that, how that affects decision-making. Um, because a lot of times when you're having pressure to make a request, nobody's considering all the things that you already had planned out. And so just by taking, I mean, say it's a sticky note on a wall and saying, move this to next from uh, in working, uh, that has like an everlasting impact for some reason that helps facilitate better decision-making and eliminate waste. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. There's so, something uh, I, I wanted to ask you because I always, uh, and this is more about uh, process. What do you think uh, we can do when somebody they don't wanna like usually our partners they don't wanna participate in our process? Yeah, like we explain everything. We say, listen, uh, we need uh, scenarios and we do uh, stories just to call it something and. And, but 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 they don't want to. They say, "Yeah, I don't care." Here's a spreadsheet. Right. Um, I I think you know there's different strategies. I think if you have adoption from a lot of people, then you just are persistent and stubborn. But if you're introducing this idea, I think that it's on you to work with them a little bit to convert it into your process. So I think it really depends. But I 100 percent agree that you should always be trusting your process and your pipeline 
and that you should always be uh, stubbornly uh, for it. Meaning, even if you know you're going to lose a battle, <laughs> yeah, you, you should still plan to lose it as best you can in order to adhere to your process. So I don't know if that a- answers the question other than you need to continue to be persistent about what your process is. I, I agree. And, and I think that the only bit I would add is that unfortunately sometimes you need to add somebody that will do the translation. Yep. Right. Totally. That, that you say you want to use spreadsheets, you want to use, you know, just a document, balloons, whatever you like to use. We'll translate from that back and forth into our process. And, and then, of course, we'll account for, for that translation as time and effort and all that. But uh, it's, it's like putting new uh, interfaces, and that's fine. That's part of, uh, of our work. And I think, um, you know, long term, uh, you know, as we wrap this up, uh, slowly adoption will just happen as people see that all I have to do is adhere to some f- pipeline or process to get what I want from a strong development team, uh, I think smart people under use it to their advantage and they, they learn it and they develop it. And so I think it, over time it works out as long as you're persistent. I agree. All right. Thanks everybody. I uh, appreciate talking about uh, the pipeline. Yeah, me too. See you next time. See you next time.